This is the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Chuck Zada here as your host of this event. We're now through 12 picks. The last two that we had on Monday and Tuesday of this week, uh, we saw the Chicago Bears take Ronnie Stanley, the tackle from Notre Dame, on Monday with the 11th pick. Yesterday, Shaq Lawson, the defensive end from Clemson, off the board to New Orleans, looking to bolster that worst-ranked defense in the NFL in 2015. Today... We turn over to the Miami Dolphins. We stick with Team ITP for the uh, for the GM on this team. Mark Schofield is heading up the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to be assisting him, actually. A little conflict of interest here. We may give ourselves a couple extra minutes. But, Mark, big thanks to, uh, to you for heading up the Dolphins. Fired to do this little AFC East action. Um... Looking forward to it. Get some some good names left on the board, so I'm excited to dig in. Absolutely. Dolphins have been active this offseason, and as of right now, I'm going to put us on the clock with 15 minutes. Let's do the Dolphins. All right, Chuck. I've taken a look at the Dolphins roster as currently constructed, and um, I'm going to highlight three key areas of need that I believe that we have to address as the Dolphins in this draft, no matter what. Like, we can't leave the draft without hitting these three positions. Feel free to chime in if you have any disagreements. Okay. I think there are, like, positions we have to add to this list, or if you think, if you somehow disagree that we don't have to address these. But I've identified one cornerback. Um, Miami, they lost Brent Grimes, who was a starter last year. Um, They brought in Brian Maxwell as part of that trade to get, you know, to trade down to 13 here. Yep. Um. We don't know what we're going to get from Maxwell. Hopefully, we get the guy that we saw in Seattle with the Legion of Boom. Maybe we don't. Maybe we see the guy that we saw in Philly last year. Yep. So, I mean, cornerback is still a question mark. Even if we get the good guy in Maxwell that we saw a season before, we still need another guy. I mean, we've got, you know, the two McLean guys. We've got Jamal Taylor, who are more you know, serviceable depth options, but we still need a cornerback. Yeah, we, 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 we let Grimes go. So obviously there still is uh, the need for another quarterback, cornerback rather, whether it's someone who can come in and step in on day one or a depth cornerback that we can build over the next couple of years. I'd prefer someone who could play outside just because I do think uh, that we'd need someone there uh, in the long run one way or another. It's always a good place to be building depth. But you also look at the division that we play in. We face New England a couple times a year. I'm not opposed to adding a guy who can play inside, given all the quick slot guys that we're dealing with coming out of New England. Okay. Next position I'm looking at, we got to talk about the linebacker uh, core. Uh, We got, you know, we got Alonzo as part of that deal with Philly. Again, the Maxwell trade moving us down to 13. He's currently now slotted in to start a middle linebacker. Well, he's not a prototypical middle linebacker. He's no. better suited on the outside, pr- preferably as well. He's a quick, speedy type guy. Let him make plays. Uh, Koa Misi, he's a good strong side backer to the extent that you need a strong side backer in today's NFL. He's about the prototypical guy that you're going to find. So we've got pieces there. We've got Jelani Jenkins currently at will. I'd rather see him, you know, a depth option and slide Alonzo to Will and get a middle linebacker. Now, the issue is there's one solid middle linebacker in this class, and that's Reggie Ragland. I don't know if we draft him at 13. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, you know, a lot of talk about Ragland, and I think he's, he's someone who 
if we were to look to potentially trade down and pick up some additional picks, because I do think we're in a situation where I'm not opposed to grabbing some additional picks. We've got eight picks this year, but the only the only round we're doubled up in right now is the seventh round. So if we could somehow find a way to wrangle an additional third or fourth rounder, I might be interested in trading down into the 19 to 23 range somewhere in that ballpark. But I don't know if, if that's necessarily a reality for us being able to do that at this point. And so because of that, I tend to agree with you. Raglan probably isn't a good value for us there uh, at this spot at 13 right now. And so because of that, I think it's probably going to be something that we pass on. I think there are some corners that I'd probably consider here, but I don't see Raglan being a very good value for us at 13. Okay. Um, the other position that I think is a major need for us is running back. We lost Lamar Miller. We've got Jay Jai currently slotted in as our starting running back, but there's a need at least behind him, and that's if he pans out. I mean, this is a guy with injury history, so we don't know what we're going to get. So running back is a position of need. Now at 13, Elliott's off the board. Is there a running back that you think we could take at 13? I mean, I feel like even though it's a need, it's similar to middle linebacker in that if we're going to do this, we do it later or we trade down and accumulate picks to do it because I don't know if there's a guy, correct me if you disagree, that I'd be comfortable taking at 13 with Elliott off the board. No, I mean, I, I think the the good news about this year's running back class is I think we're going to have some options available to us in the second and third round that could be attractive there whether we're talking about a Kenneth Dixon type uh, whether we're looking at a Derek Henry who you know might be off the board before we pick in the seventh in the second round depending on exactly how things fall I don't know where every team has him on the board I don't know if he's necessarily uh, you know a high second round pick on my board but I know some teams may be considering him in that range but there's definitely some options that we have uh, anywhere in the second and third rounds and we may even be able to trade down in those rounds in order to pick up a running back that I think gives us better value than trying to reach for one at this point one area that I do think and this this is something that might not be a first round uh, need for us as well I do think building depth at defensive end is something I'd like to address in this year, uh, simply because when you talk about what we have at defensive end right now, you take a look at the uh, the overall depth there. Cameron Wake, we don't quite know what we're going to get from him going forward coming off of injury, plus he's 34 years old. Not sure how much longer he's going to be able to be an effective player in this league. We obviously added Mario Williams this year. He's a guy that has some versatility that we can kick inside to a three-tech if we need to, but I think in terms of the long-term needs of this franchise, defensive end is somewhere that I would like to address. If Shaq Lawson was still on the board, if the Saints hadn't taken him a pick before, he's someone that I would be considering right now. Looking at the rest of the guys here, you talk about potential first-round uh, defensive ends that you have. You know, a, a Kevin Dodd or a Noah Spence, I don't know if I necessarily want to be going with one of them at this point just because I don't know if that's the best value here if we trade down. Maybe you consider him later. But at this point, even having brought it up, that might be something that's better suited for a second or third round pick than in the first. I'd agree with that. I mean, I think defensive end is an area that we need to address, but it's more of a depth. Like, we don't need a day one starter. No. Or at least a, like, day one rotational guy. 
like heavy rotational guy. Like we need somebody that can give you maybe like 10, 15 snaps, maybe week one, but we don't need somebody that might be out there for the second drive of the game in week one. But at the other positions, we've probably need somebody in that mold. Yeah. Um, And and part of me, the other thing that I look at with, uh, you know, with the roster that we have here. And again, you know, talking about what we need to do at this point, you, you talk about again, positions of highest need, I don't know if there's anything that necessarily fits fits the bill there aside from a cornerback at this point. There's other places that we can add depth similar to what we're talking about with the defensive line, but in terms of immediate needs that I think we need to fill and also that we have the potential to fill with this pick if we're going to make it at 13 here, cornerback seems to be the place of it's the it's the highest priority, and I think it makes sense to start talking about some of the guys that we may be able to look at here at cornerback. Okay, I've identified three guys that I think might make sense given where we're picking and what we need, and that's Mackenzie Alexander from Clemson, Eli Apple um, from Ohio State, and William Jackson the third from Houston. I mean, Hargraves is off the board. It would have been great if he had fallen to us, um, but with him gone. I think those are probably our three best options. I mean, you know, maybe a Kendall Fuller, maybe an Artie Burns. Um, those guys might be available in the second round if we decide that we don't like any of these three guys and we decide to go back and revisit one of the other positions. But if we're looking purely at corners, those are the three names. Do any of those guys stand out to you? Well, I mean, you, you've got a couple different styles when you talk about the different ones out there. Obviously, if you look at, if you look at an Eli Apple, you're talking about a bigger guy at six one, about two hundred pounds. So he's able to match up and I think be a little bit more physical there, which can be a strength for him. Can also be a little bit of a downside because he's so long and lanky potentially a little bit penalty prone there it's something that you worry about you also wonder just in terms of fit for us I mentioned uh you know potentially facing New England do we want to look at someone who might be a little bit smaller potentially able to kick inside and deal with some of those more athletic slot receivers I I know that we you know it's not great to try to plan based on specific matchups but it is something that we do have to consider given the run that that New England team has been on in recent years and what they continue to do with how they're building out their wide receiving core and what they're able to do so it's it's probably between those two guys I think in terms of best value here the other thing that you wonder about with a guy like Eli Apple being a little bigger not to keep harping back to New England but you wonder having just picked up Martellus Bennett is he a guy that we can use in a role similar to what we saw Dallas doing with Byron Jones where maybe you try to match him up uh, with some tight ends just in certain matchups just to give a different look from time to time. He does, he's not the athlete uh, that a Byron Jones is, but still just trying to do some different things there. I think it's between Apple and Alexander when I look at it. What do you think? I'd agree with that. I think if we're trying to look at it from a scheme fit and I don't know if this is the best phrase, but a scheme response perspective – Apple might make a lot of sense given what we're going to see from New England, given what we're going to see from the Jets. I mean, they've got some, you know, bigger type receivers, uh, particularly Marshall. Um, you know, Alexander, he's kind of a, you know, he's got kind of that junkyard dog mentality that you like in a cornerback and that he's, you know, he's aggressive. He thinks he's the best guy on the field. He's a shutdown type corner that hasn't given up a touchdown. Like, has he ever given up a touchdown? Never given up a touchdown. Never had a pick either, though. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, 
I don't I don't know. I go back forth on these two guys. What time check? Uh we've got three left on the clock here. Okay. Um let's do it this way. Uh, we're set. We're going corner here, right? I think we're going corner. It's between these two. I I look at this defense as still you know, you like to add a little bit of attitude. And look, there's there's no doubt that Alexander the production in terms of picks and even passes defense doesn't necessarily match the attitude, but attitude is still tough to replicate. It doesn't necessarily show up on film, but you wonder if a guy like that can just instill a certain mindset in a defense. We've seen it with players throughout the years, whether you're talking about a Ray Lewis, who was the core of that Ravens team, obviously, whether you're talking about a Richard Sherman and, you know, an Earl Thomas who really bring the swagger and, and, you know, to that Seattle team. I mean, there's, there's a certain value to having that. And you wonder if you can have the attitude first and develop and refine the technique a little bit down the road. You know, it's it's easier to develop technique than attitude. You can't teach swag. It's and and I know that's a cop out almost, but it's something that's important, and you can't get it into someone. They're 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 kind of born with it, and so I wonder if that's something uh, that this defense needs in order to take the step to the next level. Yeah, I mean, in looking at Alexander, I mean, one of the things that really stands out is, I mean, the completion percentage on throws towards his side of the field. I mean, it's. I mean, it's almost minuscule. I mean, this this is a guy that, yeah, he never had a pick, but you know, teams didn't want to challenge him, and when they did, look, yep. you in just his second year of collegiate football, allowed less than thirty percent of his targets to be completed, twenty nine point six. I mean, this is potentially a guy that can be a shutdown corner, can work in press man. Like, I think, look, I'm. I, I like Apple. I think he might fit. I just think that Alexander has the potential to be special. Well, look, I'm I'm on board with uh, with Alexander if that's the route that you want to go down. I don't have any hesitation uh, going in that direction. This is your ball club, so I'm going to leave the final decision up to you. But certainly, you put him on my team. I think we can make it work here. Time check. One minute. Any outside-the-box considerations? Do we, like... Do we go QB here? I mean, do we do anything crazy, or do you think well, this thought, makes the most sense? I thought you were going to say kicker, but no, I don't think I don't think we do anything that's too uh, too far out there. I mean, look, this this team has some issues that we need to address. This is the most pressing one, and I think if we do address this, there's a pretty decent chance. I don't know if we're necessarily going to win the division next year, but I think it gives us a chance to compete as well as fulfilling a long term need for this team, and at the very least, potentially compete for that wild card spot to get back into the playoffs i think that'd be a good thing to get uh you know on the books for the fan base given the run that we've had in the last few years all right then my friend mr zotta turn it in pick is turned in then mckenzie alexander the cornerback out of clemson goes to the miami dolphins with the 13th pick in the itp mock war room draft once again, continuing our conflict of interest here, going to kick it over to Shane Alexander and Mark Schofield for some analysis on this pick. Shane, Mackenzie Alexander here, third DB off the board in this draft. Talk to me about his uh, biggest strengths at this point in his career. Well, you're not going to find anybody that has a bigger ego in the draft than Mackenzie Alexander, <laughs> and that's a plus uh, for a cornerback. If you're looking for the uh, uh, Josh Norman, the Richard Sherman style of a cornerback, you found it in him. He's never made a bad play in his life to hear him tell it. Um, and he's someone that's super physical. 
Um, he'll go after a guy. He'll go after the football. Um, short memory. And he's and you can look at this two ways. He never had an interception in his college career. For all the hype and, you know, um, for all the plays that he made, he never had a college interception. You can say two things. One, he's not that good. Or maybe he's just that good of a shutdown corner. Um, I, I myself kind of battle back and forth. But he's a guy that in the limited snaps that, that were thrown his way, he made plays. You know, a lot of times you hear cornerbacks referred to as dogs. You want a dog at cornerback, and he is that type of guy. So while the production in the box score is lacking, the mentality is there. I think the talent is there. Um, and this is a good pick. You know, talk about mentality. Uh, we talked yesterday on the Saints podcast about the defense needing to upgrade that mentality as much as talent. Same thing here. And he fits that that role, Shane. Uh, he is a little bit smaller than uh, I, I know. A lot of teams would like ideally in a cornerback, clocking in uh, just five ten, about a buck ninety. Is that potentially an issue for him heading to the NFL? It can be. I mean, you would always like cornerbacks to be a little bit longer, especially you know, especially in this day and time. So I I do think there are some odds against him, and he's probably my third rated cornerback on the board behind Vernon Hargraves and William Jackson, the third who's a little bit longer. So yeah, length is always an issue. You have to make up for that in some way. You either have to be smarter or you have to be faster. Um, He's a good athlete. He has a good mentality, but I hope that if he gets in the NFL and he's talking, he's barking, and he's and he's uh, and he's being braggadocious. I hope that doesn't play into his detriment because he is lacking physically. So you don't want him to get in his own head and hurt himself even more. So yeah, the the length and, and the size issue is is worrisome, but I think it's a good pick. I like his tape. I like his mentality. Um, but he's just going to have to keep everything in context, snap to snap. Mark, you and I were involved in making this pick, actually. Talk about the fit with Alexander from a scheme perspective with regards to what Miami does. Well, I mean, I think what you're getting in Alexander is a guy that um, you hope is going to be kind of a shutdown corner type guy. I mean, Miami still has some question marks at the cornerback position. I mean, they, you know, as part of that, they got Byron Maxwell over there at one spot who, you know, he looked to be sort of maybe a potentially strong cornerback in that Seattle scheme. Didn't really translate when he tried to make the move to Philadelphia. So there are question marks there. On the other side, you've got Jamar Taylor slotted in to be that other starting cornerback who's had some injury history. So Alexander's going to see a lot of time. When you talk about what they're trying to do with this 4-3 defense, they're going to really put pressure up front. You've got Mario Williams off the edge. You've got Cameron Wake off the edge. And Ndamukong Sue on the inside. That's a defense that can get pressure without blitzing. So there probably won't be a lot of you know, blitz cover one scenarios where Alexander's going to have to be glued on a receiver, but he's a guy that went in college, allowed less than 30% of completions on throws to, to towards his receiver. He's a guy that never allowed a touchdown. Yeah, there were no interceptions. There was never a touchdown that he allowed. So he's a guy that can be that sort of lockdown corner on one side of the field that Miami needs to make this a complete defense. They've got the defensive front. They need the secondary behind it. He's improved that secondary already. A lot of hope he's going to be able to do the job for the McKenzie Alexander going off at number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. Shane and Mark, a big thanks to the two of you as always here. Tomorrow, we head out to Oakland, one of the one of my favorite teams to watch in the draft, one of my favorite teams to watch overall, the Oakland Raiders. What are they going to be doing? Tune in tomorrow to the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Draft.